0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep,
2: Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of ESSR Feature here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Podcasting Network. I'm your host this week, Stephen Wilson, and we are going to be delving into a topic this week uh, that's now a bit more redundant than it probably was when we eventually put this uh, schedule together as we are going to be talking about the battle that kind of took place over the last uh, 18 or so months It is 18 months, it's felt like a decade because of the blooming pandemic We're going to be talking about AEW versus NXT It's still a conversation that's kind of got a bit of relevance As they're both kind of similar products in some way, in some eyes Even though they're no longer uh, showing on the same night in America So uh, we're going to be delving into them, we're going to be talking a bit more about you know, things about the match quality in terms of the wrestlers that they've got on there, the rosters, you know, how they built the pay-per-views. We're just going to talk about how well they both of them do. I mean, often it's just settled in America by ratings, but we're going to delve into a bit more. Uh, but before we get uh, started on that, I'll give you the usual bit of housekeeping. You can find us on all good podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, anything else you know just search for us Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Uh, you can also find us on social media Facebook Twitter Instagram at Suplex Retweet Uh, you can also find us on YouTube loads of content on there uh, quiz Showdown, Book it Tournament loads of stuff on that particular platform and we've also got a U brand spanking website I say you, it's the same website with the old domain, uh, U domain, I'm not going to make it sound like this whole big brand spanking thing it's retweet.com. you can find loads of content on there uh, now I'm going to be introducing my panel for this particular show, I've kind of got a bit of a mix in terms of uh, the way people watch Uh products are watching at the moment, so this is quite uh, good in terms of that. Uh, First off, this person seems to be more swayed on the AEW side of things at the moment, not just because Christian Cage has signed for that company, uh, although that's probably a particular reason. Uh, I'm still a bit annoyed at her, as I feel she screwed me out of a point on the latest edition of Quiz Showdown. It is, of course, Sarah Grieve.
1: Christian had nothing to do with it. I was a big fan of AEW before. The you know instant classic decided that he was going to jump ship and go to where he is appreciated more, and you were not screwed out of a point.
2: You'd always a point for effort. I believe I put on a fantastic effort singing Judas by Chris Jericho and Fozzie.
1: Yeah, it, right. See so if you'd made an effort to try and sing a Disney song, I might have given you it. But because you chose to to defy me, Stephen, to defy me, you didn't get a point.
2: Listen, go, go on to YouTube. Listen to it. Sarah was very vague. She said, "Yeah, I'll give you a point for effort." So I thought, "Bugger that!" I'll sing the first song that comes in my head. It should have been a Disney song, to be fair, because we were doing a Disney-themed round of quizzes, but
1: exactly. I actually just think "Be Our Guest" from Beauty and the Beast, like the well, the best-known song from that soundtrack.
3: Even if you did sing the song, you probably would have butchered it. Butcher it a I butchered the song. don't like. Really...
1: He would have got a point <laughs> for effort
2: Butchered every song, I don't really care
3: <laughs> Yeah, you you ruined Journey Don't Stop Believing Like, I could never listen to that song again
2: I really had to know that uh, Yes, uh, he's here He's got some opinions, you know Clearly, about my choice of music <laughs> uh, My choice of singing, sorry But uh, through him The Induspeed is not a thing anymore uh, David Torky, but- everybody
3: uh, shot for shot, eh? But I never say, I never complained about your choice of song. I'm complaining about your singing, okay? Like, just, you cannot sing for shit.
2: <laughs> Hold on to that feeling, Dave, over the rest of the show. You know, it's going to be great. You know, streetlights and all that crap. Uh, uh, rounding off my panel, I kind of take him as a bit more of a middleman in terms of these shows. He was big at the NXT during the day really into the AEW product quite that right now until 10 minutes before we come on here, he thought he was going to have to talk about Raw so he'll be pleased that it's NXT yes it's Strack everybody right a few things I feel I'm going to cut a
0: promo here Sarah I've never seen Beauty and the Beast never <laughs> never seen that so if hold it, on so- let me
1: try let me try and press the inside out
0: never never seen it
2: <laughs>
0: Wilson you want to talk about losing points how you miraculously beat me at the Book it tournament when I had a fucking display graph, matching book, theme music set up. And you had a piece of paper, you still fucked up, and won. So if you want to see a new version of the Montreal Screwjob, go to YouTube and watch Book It. <laughs> yeah, really, you really—you must I'm have also, been really. You can't sing worth a shit, and you can't dance worth a shit either. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I I second I'm like, that. I'm like a dad dancing. You can't talk about people dancing, Hockney <laughs> <laughs> I could. I could do the shuffle. Well, so,
0: so, Hockney, you danced on an empty dance flare at ten o'clock in the garage when there was no really <laughs> else in there. You say to me, what oh, we do? Dear. I dear. We get a couple of drinks and we go on a dance flare Tom Rune 10 seconds later you're on the dance floor we're drinking hand and nobody else on the dance floor <laughs>
3: uh, ladies and gentlemen this is why he's known as the most savage man in podcasting Nae wanna? I mean yeah, well,
0: I had... you look at the guy at fucking 5 so that kind of you <laughs> a
2: couple of things I mean before we move on to the actual topic he did have two drinks well, he had two drinks there so technically he's had a couple of drinks and dance
0: it <laughs> 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 was an empty dance floor <laughs> <lived> there was <upstairs. laughs> <laughs> There's been people in the toilet that
2: there wasn't a dance floor. <laughs> Anywho, before this becomes ESSR After Dark, oh, geez. Let's be honest, these things tend to descend into that. Let's delve into the topic. We're going to be talking about uh, AEW versus NXT. As I said when we kicked off the show, but we did originally do this schedule, the two of these shows were still competing on a Wednesday night. But now that's no longer a thing, but it's still worth definitely having a a discussion about it Uh, we're going to talk about a few various aspects of the two products Uh, one thing I'm going to start off with in terms of everything is the match quality that we kind of see on both various programs Uh, Sarah, I will start with you on this particular one uh, and we'll talk about the the NXT side of things Uh, obviously NXT bit different from anything else you really see in the WWE product in terms of there's more wrestling to start with you know which obviously made that the product that everybody loved as well with NXT
1: yeah the the product on NXT when you when like see when you were just saying that it's like it's different I was just like yeah it's better just simple as um but like unfortunately I haven't been watching as much NXT lately as I would like to um mainly because I don't have beauty sport and I can't watch <laughs> unless I download it. Um but no, when you're looking at like the match qualities, like just by going like with the pay per view matches, it has been like dead impressive. Like you you feel like you get more for what you pay for with NXT, whereas like if you were to diverge that into the main roster, you're sitting going, I paid nine ninety nine a month for this whereas i was happily paying 9.99 a month for just nxt pay-per-views happily
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh strack that was actually a good point that i made there it was kind of like the nxt product with a wrestling style it was kind of a big draw to a lot of people in terms of the WWE network when it first launched
0: Aye, i mean the thing that made the feel, feeling when it first started was you had guys like Finn Balor, neville um, you a lot of guys whose style wasn't WWE, it wasn't six foot one guys just clotheslining each other, a couple of elbows, a couple of gut shots, and then a finish. In my opinion, a lot of them were shit. But you had a lot of people knew for the indie guys, but indie matches, people slagged them, but they were They minute entertaining far more entertaining. There's matches that they can do on NXT, sometimes only last 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes and they're entertaining in some of the matches that go half an hour, 35 minutes on the WWE pay-per-views. Because it's more mm-hmm. structured, it's better storytelling and the guys that do the stuff, there's more variety through it. So there's something kind of for everybody. You've got submission guys, heavy strikers, Nakamura, Joe, you've got the Five Flyers, Neville, Balor, you had the, the Brawlers, Owens. You had the guys who are spot monkeys, Sami Zayn, so you had so many many different talents all mixed together. So that's what made it appealing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Dave, it is quite interesting. Daniel Bryan recently said in an interview that, you know, there's a lot of guys on WWE's roster who, you know, can wrestle, but they don't wrestle as much because their product on Raw and SmackDown is less catered to that particular type of style. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of what we don't it seems like at NXT, they kind of get the, you know, the sh- there's no strings attached type aspect of it. They're just kind of told to go out there and do as they please, which you don't often think you see with the main roster product, especially Raw. I mean, I'm going mm-hmm. to get SmackDown a bit because I quite like SmackDown recently, but mm-hmm. Raw's a bit tough.
3: Yeah, SmackDown's been great as of late, but obviously, um, I think what helped with NXT in its earlier days, you know, around its 2012 revamp, is that... They were sort of filming it in chunks, and they were sort of releasing episodes on a week-by-week basis, even though most of it was was filmed in a couple of nights. So that, and that's the format that works with NXT UK at the minute, so you don't get all the talent competing week in and week out. And I think that's what helps not only improve talent morale, but it also improves match quality at the same time, because they get a bit more time in between tapings to, you know, work on their work on their match quality, you know, hone their craft. And that's what sort of made NXT sort of the more, you know, sports-based presentation brand, you know, something that was uh, focused purely on the the in-running action and the much more grounded storylines. And I've always said this about NXT, you know, less is more when it comes to them. Just give two guys who are excellent at what they do and sort of give them a reason to go up against each other and just let the much more intimate and crowd enjoy it and get involved with it as much as they can
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I've always said that I agree with Dave 100% I have said that the matches for Raw and Smackdown obviously post-Covid the reason why I don't think there's entertaining is because these guys are doing house shows mm -hmm. pay-per-views then they're doing Raw and Smackdown the guys are beat up the shitty you look at the guys who used to do great matches back in the day they wrestled for five years and their bodies were destroyed, but as I think, as Dave says, see if the schedule was less hectic, I think Raw and Smackdown would be better, because the guys in NXT, they're not getting Randy Ellis back, so they're not as beat up and they go, well I can do that in this match and I can do this in this match because my knees are not blue, my shoulders are not dislocated, I've not had three concussions this weekend. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, that's actually the way with Dave, that's a massive mm-hmm. thing I've always said.
3: Uh, you. Could- you can see how it's changed, you know, when, you know, you get people moving from NXT to the main roster as well. Like, they're often reduced to sort of tag team action. Case in point, like Shayna Baszler, who is the sole dominant female performer in NXT around 2019. But now she's working a much lighter schedule. You know, she's, you know, sort of getting the the weight sort of lifted off her shoulders a bit with tag team action. Because, you know, she's going to be competing more regularly on a week-by-week basis. And it's not the same for when NXT was in its earlier days.
0: Look at Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was really... Innovative with moves and stuff like that. And see, his main roster, he's kind of the biggest thing he does is like these cannonball in the corner. That's it. i like, mm. what happened to the guy that was flinging Sammy Zane about? What happened to the guy that was kicking sh- shit in Bather? Where's he? He's now still um, kicking shit out
2: of Sammy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. I mean, kick- eh? he's, place- he's not doing it. What's Sammy Zane He's not doing it either. He's joined right keep-
3: He's on QAnon on now.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Um, but I'll flip onto the other side of things on the AEW uh, Sarah and I think uh, Strack mentioned a lot of things about the early days of NXT, where you had the likes of uh, Bala Neville and that type of thing. And obviously, there was a big part of NXT in that early days was the American Dream, Dusty Roads. He was obviously credited as a big part of what NXT started and what NXT's become and obviously in AEW there's a big connection to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes played a very prominent part in that company in the form of your son Cody. Do you think the fact that these two companies have such a figurehead that are so closely linked is why they're probably very similar in terms of what they offer?
1: I mean I wouldn't say that they offer too much similarity between the two brands but I can see where the connection could be made um, because obviously Cody grew up in the industry like there's no two ways about it he he literally grew up in the industry um, and his dad was a really big influence for a lot of things so yeah he's gonna have the same mindset um, and he probably um, actually worked and saw what what his dad was doing in NXT at the time because he hadn't fully left the company um, and obviously, even when he did, and it was still going on, um, he would have still known. It's the same with Dustin. So, I think like there is like the connection there. But when it comes to like team and match quality with AEW, it is extremely similar to NXT in the fact that they don't do house shows. Like they'll do tours around the country to do a show, but it won't be to the extreme of what Raw and SmackDown is. Because you'll have the dark match, and then you'll have Dynamite, or you'll have the actual pay-per-view. So it's it's a lot easier to bring a bigger match quality, especially if your guys are only travelling once a week to get down to Jacksonville.
2: It's even once a fortnight now, I think, isn't it? Because I think they're recording two weeks worth of content on the one night at the moment because of the COVID stuff, just so they've got... You know a bit of bulk because it kind of covers the quarantine period in case anything is done in as well. So, going Jacksonville once, yeah, it does they've seem a lot more edited these days. I uh, mean, best friends,
0: they've done three matches in 24 hours. <laughs> Man, oh, we've got the week half.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they rattle through that. that. Was very early in the COVID stuff, wasn't it? it was last year, mm. or something like that. It was you mm-hmm. know. I, that was something else, you know. Imagine they did three matches, and one of them was that parking lot brawl with the Proud and Powerful. <laughs> I'd be absolutely <laughs> bust. Yeah, I, I
0: haven't done it because it's, it's see the adrenaline's pumping through you. You don't feel the pain because see, I've, I did. I've I've wrestled and see, you do a show on the Friday. See, you got a show on the Saturday. You're in fucking agony. You are. A, your body's killing you. Even if you've done a a heavy match. And then the next night, you used to go back in and do it again, and you're like, ah, my knee's killing me, my back, my neck's fucked with bumping, but you're like, you need to do it again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, some of the guys you need to kind of give them a bit of respect for.
3: Yeah. Uh, and AEW was like, you know, right at the start of the pandemic as well. They were they taped about six weeks of episodes uh, before last year's, I think it was Double or Nothing, where they were they spent about six weeks at a Wrestling School in Georgia, and then it was only until early May when live events were allowed to resume. That's when they moved to, to Daily's Daly's place. So uh, it's the the taping of episodes definitely is a is a contributing factor to you know match quality on both sides.
2: And uh, strike one thing: we've kind of we're not here to bash Raw. But Raw's the easy target, so I'm going to use Raw. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: it's like punching somebody in the dark as a victimless crime.
2: You watch Raw, and it's like, right, it's three hours, which is the problem. But again, I'm not here to criticise the Raw three hours, even though it needs to be two. But you watch Raw quite a lot of the time, and it's very much, you're about 40 minutes in and nobody's, you know, a drop kick yeah but sometimes you feel like you watch AEW and the show kicks off and the guys are in the ring and they're going to kick off in Britain. so the wrestle for half an hour and then you're maybe going to get about five or four or five other matches at the show so it's kind of that I think that wrestling first aspect is quite refreshing because if I, a lot of some great memories I've had of watching some WWE stuff. They've had a lot of matches very early on in their card. I mean, one show in particular was the night that Neville challenges Rollins for the world title, which pretty much kicked off that show. And it's one of the best Rollins I think I've remembered in the past 10 years. So having that aspect of it is very good for the demographic they're trying to please. Sorry, what was
0: your question? You didn't, didn't
2: ask me a question, you just told
0: me about something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm talking about the, rest, the wrestling first aspect of it probably what helps to please, please the demographic that they're
0: trying to get. I if you I, I, that's how much I little up uh, eventually at the actual WWE. Raw is three hours now. So oh, it's three been three hours
2: for, for a bit, while, yeah. Fuck. For about ten for about ten years it's been three hours nearly. Is it? Yep. Wow two thousand, I mean, two thousand
0: and twelve. <laughs> what you see right you see the thing is doesn't matter how good that is game of Thrones you three years you might sit three years and watch that. No <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Even Justice League Snack Snyder Cup was four hours and that was brilliant, but that was still I a, a, a like, Why would you watch? What? <sighs> right. WrestleMania 14, I keep saying, is one of the best WrestleManias ever. That's about three years. And they had umpteen mm. matches and very little promos. So what the fuck are mm. Unless Less than having a match, they're having matches that are only lasting maybe 12 minutes. You're having what? How many matches are on Raw now? Between that three years? Four, four or five, I- maybe. What's the rest?
2: Promos. Promos. It's a lot of promo.
0: Jesus.
2: Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh.
0: Look, I don't know how you guys watch that. I really don't know how... how you do... We don't. (laughs) ...because I'm starting to look like Jesus here.
3: YouTube highlights on WWE's uh, YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, we just watched the highlights.
0: I go on Instagram. I I go on Instagram before I go to work in the morning. That's like ten minutes. Fuck three hours. I I, uh, that's giving me a serious thing about it. <laughs> I'm, not bashing, I'm not bashing WWE, but no, that, there's no way. Even when AEW went to tours, I went, mmm. I used to like it when it was an hour because the wind would fall asleep I could watch the full show and he'd wake up and I'd be like, hi, oh, yeah, I've watched in peace. Are you, are you talking about dark by chance? Or is you that tours about- now?
2: That's a before? Us. Dark is a yeah. long watch. I think a dark. I'm pretty sure I just
0: fucking skimmed through like that. Fast forward, push, don't need that. Sina, do you
2: still watch that? Do
1: you still watch that? I, uh, every now and again, um, it's it's more the fact that like I, me and Daniel just sort of we highlight on watching AW and Impact every week. Like that, so the two that we'll go out of our way to watch. But that's because AW obviously we have um fight. Uh, and no, with the Impact, we have the Impact Plus app, and the Impact only like an hour. Um, so if we like, if we were to watch every single day of the week, it would be way too much. So that's why, like, we focus because we we like what's going on there. So that's why we primarily focus on those two. Mm. Also, the fact that it's really really easy to access it. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you look at. I think we spent about a good five minutes there bashing Raw, so I'm going to maybe try and flip and do a bit of character kind of there. I'm going to go to Dave on this one, because I know mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave's not as uh, Dave's more of the WWE mark of the panel in on this particular one. Uh, I was you calling him more
1: productive than us?
2: No, i definitely prefer
3: NXT over Raw. Well, maybe not SmackDown, but definitely Raw. So, But yeah, more what NXT. Is,
2: if you look at... Uh, we've mentioned there, kind of NXT Dynamite, very... Wrestle heavy shows Which kind of helps But in terms of NXT Dave I think one of the Differences between That and Dynamite Is you watch Sometimes AEW's Content like that And you feel like You maybe need to Follow about three Other different shows At times to figure Out what's maybe Going on Whereas mm. I think NXT's a bit More streamlined Which in a way Kind of helps it To some degree
3: yeah, like I said, NXT is a lot more sort of ground based when it comes to storylines and wrestling. You know, less is more. Simplicity is key, and you know, Triple H has you know his uh, his direction is working brilliantly for them. I mean, not to say NXT is without flaw, because you know there are definitely some aspects that it could it could work on. But the the benefit of NXT is you don't have to rely on, you know, watching Raw or SmackDown, you know, because NXT is sort of its own, its own little world and not the biggest of rosters either. And I think that's what lets AEW down a bit. It's because it's sort of taken on the helm of acting as, you know, it's one company with one key promotion with one key brand spread across about four different shows, and it accumulates about eight hours of TV a week. That's a lot of ground to cover for well, what is a, a really, really good wrestling show? There's just too much to try and absorb. Whereas NXT feels a lot more personal. It's like, this is our, our one show. We're gonna put all our attention on, on the branding here. Our roster is gonna be, all our roster is gonna be performing there. And then we'll rotate it. And we're gonna have a much more intimate audience so that, you know, this is, it almost feels like there's a little bit of exclusivity about it. And I think that's why people want to sort of be a part of it so much. And I think that's where NXT has the edge over AEW in a lot of ways. Interesting. I would put that on Twitter Dave if you may get a, a lot of very oh, dodgy listen, people coming back. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to be dealing with Twitter these days. It just seems to be a, just a, a a pool of hatred right now.
0: Oh, I really? Mean, I don't delete all social media. I've deleted TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I've deleted all social media. I've only Facebook. Mm, Fuck that.
3: I'll I mean, keep it, I keep I keep Instagram for my uh, well. Not so existent uh, travel adventures, but you know, when the, the pandemic ends, I'll be back straight on it.
0: I've got my Instagram like, for Jotunheim for my business, dot uk.
2: if anyone wants to look it up. I have. of cheap plug there. Uh, <laughs> <but, laughs> Strack, I'll throw back to you on that one. I mean, we'll get that the, the dynamite is a pretty. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> yeah, Sarah's just put up her Twitter feed saying that
2: I suck, apparently. <laughs> so, um, Right, what, you said
1: patron, I needed to do it
2: back I mean, to the I mean, question I mean. to Um do you think some I mean obviously we're all did not denying that Dynamite's a really good product but uh, I can sometimes understand them maybe interacting with maybe Dark and Dark Elevation but do you feel that they maybe interact too much with being the elite and kind of rely too much on that to build storylines that's a
0: perfect question Stephen cause that's the exact answer I was going to give you anyway regardless of what you said you asked Um no, me and Ross spoke about this previously in one of the EW shows. It is a bit annoying that they put stuff on being elite and you don't. Like, I say I love EW, not because it's new or it's to be a mark or fucking annoy WWE or anything like that. It's just refreshing and it's new and it's entertaining. It's made my style. But. I don't always watch Being the Elite. I think uh, the one Being the Elite I seen before E.W. started was the Kenny Omega Dick pic, ah. and that was like, like two years before E.W. even started. And then I've started mm-hmm. to watch a couple of E.W.s because one of the boys in much like, oh, it's quite funny that he's done this, he's done this. So watch the occasional one, but when something pops up and you're like, ah, I, I don't know what that is. And my mate at work will say oh it was on being the elite he done this i my- I did not know that and I'm, I'm I'm not going to watch 25 minutes of being the elite to find out what the fuck
2: happened so I'm like ah well, well. I'm pretty sure I'll see the promo when the, the pay-per-view starts the one that annoyed me I mean some of the stuff to do is quite just cheap you know funny stuff I mean Sarah will tell you that she, big Dark Order fan everybody knows that uh, but I really did not like the time where, was a it- Hangman Page leaves the Elite on being the Elite, and it's just kind of he shows up on Dynamite quite casually, just doing his own thing. It's like you could have had him leave them on Dynamite and have yeah, a storyline. I mean, they get like what, yeah, close to a million viewers
3: like, every week, you know. Why then it's a much bigger audience than you get on YouTube.
1: See, with being the Elite though, this is the thing it's a comedy sketch show that is just something that the Young Bucks like to do when they're backstage. They may have a couple of things that might end up being involved on Dynamite, but I don't think that's the actual goal of it. Um, I know, like having Hangman leave um, the Elite technically on being the Elite, but it was a current storyline on Dynamite at that particular time. It's just for, it just so happened that they did it on that. Um, so I th- I think. For saying that they rely on being the elite a little bit for their storylines is a little bit too much of a judgment um because like it, they do split it over shows like I will admit they'll say right okay for for example Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky become an attack team that happened on dark elevation but it, they they explain it like seeing like they do showing them in the crowd or saying like they're attacking them we knew that Scorpio Sky was turning heel anyway, like we knew that from when he started like trying to beat up Darby Allen post-match and using heel tactics to beat him, um, but it just so happened that they two came together on Dark Elevation but they still explain it in a way, like I think that's the good part where Tony Schiavone oh. obviously being on it works, but mm-hmm. Galibur does his homework. And this is where the commentary becomes a big part, and this is where I think JR lets them down because he refuses to acknowledge it unless, yeah. unless you're Jake Hager, he will not acknowledge you. I
2: don't know. I, I don't want to talk about Jake Okay. I'm veering, I'm veering into criticism, but I don't want to veer into criticism. thing. I thought maybe I was maybe being a bit harsh on being the elite, but because I really like when Macchiato was dancing with the Dark Order. for the reason. Well, exactly. well, you get some
1: funny Mac- things, and so that's how Macchiato got. That's how he got his fame as like being the funny member of the Dark Order. Johnny Angi.
0: I really
3: wish I back and face
1: stuck
0: around. John Silver is the the gift from being the elite is John Silva. Oh, wow. Fucking hilarious. Freaked me out when I realised he was like five foot three. I was like, how oh, is yeah. he so built? But it looks so <laughs> compact. And I googled it and I'm like, he's like five foot two. I mean, uh, Wait, is, is, is that his actual height or is hilarious.
3: that, his, is that his actual height or is that his build? No,
1: he's, he's actual five foot three.
3: He's a very small wow.
2: man, but he he's is a very uh, small man. He's smaller than Rey Mysterio.
1: It's the same uh, height. He yep.
2: He able people left you your head. You oh, yeah. What's her name? Leah Hinch. Leah. Leah Hesh. Leah, Leah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. She's, Leah Hart. Yeah. What? She's like four foot eleven. We'll see. She.
2: How's her
1: legs? Are short. She's one that... the. the they use Dark and Dark Elevation quite smartly for because they did try her out on TV and maybe she didn't quite connect with that audience so that's basically think of Dark and Dark Elevation as new revamp of NXT of where they get people ready for cameras and get them ready for like the big matches on Dynamite and then give them a try and there's a lot of them that have actually been working their way up on Dark and they're like right we'll give you a chance. obviously be on dynamite because not everyone's going to be on dynamite every week i mean you see john moxley kicking around on dark elevation and on dark you see jurassic express you see dark order you see everybody like even hangman page and kenny omegas had a match on dark elevation so it it just sort of helps in a way but it's like if you want to see it the stuff's there it just doesn't fully impact unless they do make a a, like a, a mention of it
2: yeah Strax makes a good point there I kind of compare it because AEW are doing that quite well with a lot of guys coming up through that type of you know they start them there and they kind of Go on, they'll eventually have been dynamite. I feel like NXT, some points recently, in the last couple of years, it's more especially, aren't doing that as well because I kind of feel like you look at the likes of Bronson Reed, for example, you feel like he's been there for about a year and a half, two years, and he's only just getting the kind of title pitcher. Swerve Scott, for example, is a guy who could is not really feel like he's moving up, he's kind of plateauing at that level as well. So do you think that's something maybe NXT could probably learn a bit more from AEW In terms of building up the kind of lower card Into really big stars
0: I think NXT are kind of a victim of their own success NXT was kind of a place where the, I know the people like Nakamura, Joe No developmental talent But they went there first To kind of get used to it And then go up But NXT was kind of meant to be the developmental Where the guys who used to like Little L.A. Sullivan he done obviously post what the shit happened to him, but he done the normal crowd shows with um, NXT, and there was how many people in the crowd for NXTs? A few hundred, maybe uh,
1: three hundred at the very most.
0: It's not it's not a lot, so he's fine. He was totally cool, but then they put him in a live show in front of fucking all the people in SmackDown or Raw, and the guy freaked out. And Big cast they done the same. A lot of guys, a lot of guys at the wrestling say, oh. I hate them bingo halls. I'd love to do a cowdy, 18,000, it's like, would you? Because I guarantee, you, see when you walk out and you see all the people staring at you, your ass collapses. So, its I, I get what Sarah's saying, it's kind of a place to get the guys used to being in front of the camera, used to what they're looking like, because then they'll look back at themselves and go, my gear could they be doing my tweeting. Because have, have you noticed that in wrestling, guys who come straight for indies into AEW or come to NXT, their gear looks a bit iffy. And then mm-hmm. airtime, time it gets more polished, it gets more cleaner, it looks more professional, because they're getting. Oh, that doesn't look right. I don't suit kick pads. I maybe better with longer trunks, shit like that. And you go, all oh, right. I need. And, oh, that doesn't look well on camera. Because there's moves that you do, and you, you think, oh, I, look like I knocked him the fuck out. And you you do the move and watch your back, and you go, I barely touched him so i think i think this was good as sarah says elevation the guys are getting a look at themselves kind of like a practice before hitting the, the big you know, the, the big show but before going out there in front of the bigger audience and going uh ah, i really fucked up here because i mean it happened a lot of time with wcw they'd bring in the event guys bring them in front of a crowd and they would fuck up monumentally mm-hmm. uh
2: and Dave, a, a counter example, maybe on the NXT side, of think Strick kind of mentioned uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Guy comes in from Japan, absolutely massive star, fantastic wrestler. But we've mentioned in past shows, the one we did on Nakamura, that maybe when his, his time at NXT didn't quite feel like he hit, you know, hit off the mark in terms of that one. Then he goes to SmackDown and he kind of flounders for a wee bit. Maybe because he was maybe not getting as regular maybe he's still accustomed to it but you look, maybe some of the guys who show up on the likes of Dark you know and Dark Elevation Mm -hmm. to begin with uh, even Dynamite to an extent you know they're they're indie guys you kind of know their Mm -hmm. faces but it takes them a wee bit to adjust another great example I'll give actually because I think he's amazing Uh, Ricky Starks for example Uh, uh, I've seen him he kicked about Dark for a while was on maybe a couple of you know opening matches on Dynamite no, he's in. Gets with Team Taz, and this might Strat might not like me saying this. Uh, I think he's better than Brian Cage in that particular stable. So, you think that's maybe something? What, what's your thoughts on that, Dave? You love. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: now you, you make a you make a good point about you know guys. You know who are suited to a, a specific environment and then they sort of come in with this whirlwind of momentum but when push comes to shove it, they don't really sort of hit that point and i get that you know it comes down to you know maybe a change in environment in some cases you know this these world-renowned talents are having to move to another country entirely that's a huge adjustment on, on its own uh like in Nakabura's case you know maybe language barrier might have been a thing at first but you know his english has gradually improved over time but if I'm going to focus on Nakamura specifically, I think what let him down was that he peaked right at the start. Like, because there was no way any other match in NXT was going to top that match with Sami Zayn, uh, take over Dallas. So, everybody knew of Shinsuke was on a massive high coming into NXT and they were expecting him to deliver that kind of quality week in, week out. But when it just wasn't happening, you know, I think maybe that's why people started to, to potentially sour on him a little bit. But you have to consider, you know, he's... He's not born and raised in America. He's not used to the WWE style. He's very much New Japan, which is a much more, you know, the strong style a hard-hitting promotion, whereas WWE is a lot more toned down, a lot more PG. So having to make all those changes in the space of such a short space of time, you're obviously not going to hit your stride uh, every time. And when you do slip up, it's quite difficult to bounce back from, especially when you're sort of so far in to this much bigger audience whether it's in an arena or worldwide and it could be attributed the same way you know with AEW you know you get a, a flurry of these independent talents who you know die-hard independent wrestling fans will know exactly who they are and what they're capable of but they sort of get put into a position where the rosters become so massive that they hardly get any proper screen time and that goes doubly you know when they're performing in front of an audience that they're not usually accustomed to so a lot of these factors together can actually harm both companies in a way. It's just a matter of, you know, sort of easing them into this this new world, this new dynamic, and that's where they'll learn how to sort of hone their craft in this new environment.
2: But uh, say the thing is though, is the product when they do get out there, the guys that get out there regularly, even the guys that don't get there regularly, they'll put on a lot of fantastic matches. I mean, one of the things that both these brands have done particularly well. Since they started respectively as a uh, tag team wrestling, and I think pre NXT, pre Indie boom, obviously pre AEW, we were used to tag team wrestling being treated like absolute guff. But I think what we saw, particularly in that period of NXT between maybe about 2015 to 2018 or something, they had it absolutely fantastic, and I kind of feel like they've just feels like they've kind of handed the baton to aw in the last couple of years going like hey, you take it you deal with it and we'll you know book the forgotten sons and that type of stuff so forget <laughs> them <laughs> you know um uh are you glad that they've, these two brands have given tag team wrestling the platform they deserve
1: absolutely i mean when you when you look at it, like from people from like Alan's point of view, he hates tag team wrestling. And I was the same, but it's only because you're subjected to actual push when you're watching uh, Raw and SmackDown. You've either got like thrown together tag teams or tag teams that are no chemistry or tag teams that have fizzled out or have the overexposed and you're like, I can't stand them getting them off my screen. Um kind of like Bobby Rudendorf Ziggler. no shade.
0: I was just um, going to
2: say that I was just going to go who's the <laughs> new tag team Gustav Ziggler day I'm glad, I'm glad you threw shit M at them and not the Raw Tag Champions nobody gives grief to Omos and Maffich when I'm here <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't be hating on Omos I love big Omos what a guy
1: I did not hate on Omos but anyway um, <laughs> so when it comes to especially AEW like I've said this time and time and time again that their tag division is probably the best in the world like you've got the best of the independents. I mean, maybe push aside some of the tag teams that are in impact, but now with that partnership, we could possibly do it, and it could possibly make me the happiest person in the world.
2: Just just not the good brothers. Oh, not the uh, good brothers. I'm fed up with yeah, the good, good,
1: good brothers. The good brothers, I mean, good brothers are more the than I mean finjuice. I mean, oh, yeah, then, I
0: want <laughs> yeah, the guns. Down. I want the machine guns and AEW. Oh, you know,
1: oh, machine you guns imagine? and exactly so like you've got that and then when you look at aw you have got the young bucks who are obviously what arguably one of the best tag teams in the entire world you've got jurassic express even through tag teams or by singles jungle boy is going to be the face of that company hear me say it i will stand and i will take that to my grave that jungle boy is the future of that company right and then you've got teams like
0: ftr yeah
1: uh, you've got FTR. I mean, I'm, I mean, even varsity Blondes, which yeah. they're Death not great yet, but they are great. Death Triangle. You've got Inner Circle. you obviously Santana and Ortiz. You've got so many, and even best friends. I mean, Each you've got two. best friends.
2: Mm-hmm. Hybrid Two. Like you've got. Oh, she was never, never going to forget the Hybrid Two.
1: <laughs> I okay that kind of I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of them together as S-U. much as they are a good team. We'll say, don't don't they might break up they might break oh. up this week don't jinx it please don't because they might break up right if they lose this match winning guts tonight they are finished and i will not be happy okay so please don't but you see what i mean like you've got an abundance of tag teams and you feel spoiled for choice i mean absolute spoil for choice and it, it makes you happy it's the same with NXT, I mean, yeah, they probably don't, they don't have nearly as much tag teams. But you've got, like, MSK, formerly known as the Rascals, who are former tag team champions in Impact, and now they're the current NXT ta- team champions. You've got Grizzled Drunk Veterans. You've got El Hilo Del t- well, Legado Delphine, You've got now Tommaso Champion, Bloody Timothy Thatcher. Right? You've got tag teams just busting at the seams. And it makes you fall in love with tag team wrestling again it actually makes you care because you've got all this talent and undisputed error did not count they are not they're not here anymore dave let it go i had to i had a deal when diy broke up you can just say we've got a support group it's okay <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying that we've got well, that yeah. support group at
2: least castle champa didn't look like he was on a like a retirement a retirement plot in florida you know yeah, with you the, know with the hat and whatever the hell but, Riley's I dress ca- like. <laughs> I think you guys can
1: agree that when it comes to NXT and AEW, it makes you fall in love with tag team wrestling and it makes you care.
3: And not just men's tag team wrestling as well, like for NXT in particular, there's women's tag team wrestling now.
1: Mm-hmm. And well, you you did have the women's tag team tournament kicking around, which with all fairness, it introduced us to the was- friendship of Anna, Anna Jay and Ty Conte. Like, uh, I, I mean, it,
3: it it did do some benefit, but it didn't really go anywhere afterwards. See, see, no, see the
2: hide... see in hindsight.
1: One half of those champions is fucked off because she's a bloody bitch.
2: See, so... see in hindsight, you know that tournament that did... you said the only good thing that came from that tournament it was Anna Jane Tykoty. You know, <laughs> but if you look at, it, I, I sat and watched that tournament going. Anybody but Ali and Brandy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, without like You've got that, but again, like I said, they've got that agreement or sort of whatever with Impact, and they've now got knockout tag team champions back, and that at the moment is Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. You can't really disagree with the possibility of having, like, whenever Anna Jay comes back, her and Ty Conte taking on the knockout tag team champions.
2: Ah, oh, it needs to have, get them back in. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. Moving more on the NXT side again, though, Strick, it was kind of like you mentioned earlier on, of course, that era of Zayn, Bala, you know, KO, you know, the, the kind of original era of NXT. But do you think that everybody talks about the whole women's evolution type stuff that helped propel it? Do you think maybe NXT probably wouldn't have got what it was today if it wasn't for that period of tag wrestling that they had for three or four years?
0: see this is the thing I think um, uh, NXT the new, compared to what it used to be they've really dropped the bot they have got good teams don't get me wrong the MSK boys I'd never seen them before um, before they done NXT and I, I these guys are really good plus I like the fact their gear looks like X-Pac stuff and being the old <laughs> fucker that I'm at I'm like that brilliant but the NXT used to have they've still got they've still got good tag teams but they've just not get as much but I mean they used to have guys like The Ascension obviously Undisputed Era DIY they had The Revival at one time they had AOP they had um, Sanity they had there's a massive list of, of tag teams they had even when they put Austin Black and Ricochet together and they done the Viking Raiders that, oh, that was
2: a great match, match. That's
0: amazing but no it seems like that we don't give a fuck about tag-team wrestling for Raw for and SmackDown and seating down into NXT. And I'm, that's how I'm like... Me and Cena always say this on every every TakeOver show that we've done. When they say, oh, the person most the they got up to the main roster, are you looking forward to it? We're like, no. we like, no. And they go, oh, if Nakamura absolutely has gone up, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like Billy, it's like Billy Madison, it's like, don't go home, stay here. You stay
1: As long as you can. I think well, um, I re- re- I, c- re- I, c- I can recall that on our like NXT up show, which you know we used to stop. We used to absolutely dead it because we're like uh,
0: they're going to go
2: up, they're going to get <laughs> yeah, they're going to get they're going to get ruined. I mean, we can't <laughs> expect that, but Johnny Gargano because Johnny Gargano's going to be in NXT till he's on a zimmer.
0: I think if Johnny Gargano ever gets told to t- go to the main roster, he'd handcuff yourself to the fucking ring. <laughs> but if uh, t- t- and like, this I just-
3: is the no way just- <laughs> mind, uh, mind Tommaso Ciampa said If he ever gets moved to Raw or Smackdown He might just call it quits Oh yeah I've said,
0: I've said this numerous times i says, if I mm-hmm. ever Went to NXT By some fucking miracle If I were back to wrestling If I ever went to NXT And enjoyed it And they said Right you're going to the main roster I'd not release me I would just go out release me I don't know why I go to the main roster Why? I'm 5'8 And I'm Never going to probably max it at about 200 pounds. I'm just going to get shit kicked at me. I'm just going to get cannon foddered. So, nah, you're cool. Just release me. Just let me go. I'd fuck off somewhere like to the impact or whatever. But, but nah, I don't want to go to main roster. I'd probably get a lot of fights because i call people dicks.
3: <laughs>
0: but it's just. It, it, it's it's mental how much NXT's changed since it's became popular. But it was kind of. It's, it's, as Sarah says when it wasn't really not well known but when it was a bit more if you knew who these guys were in the end of the circuit you'd watch it there was a lot of guys who were like I only know Randy Orton I only know Jeff Hardy but we were like oh I know who Fimbala is I know who Neville is I know, and you watched them that was better but then started getting more popular and you're like ah, oh what the fuck has happened and you like, the tag, tag division suffering because of it mm-hmm. sorry for the man yeah. there I had to get off
2: my chest. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're perfectly reasonable, you know, and uh, Dave, you're the man who, you know, you talk, you've talked about undisputed error before, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on the whole tag team debate between these two companies? It's, uh, I think it's clear that AEW's
3: tag division is a lot more stacked because, I mean, if you just look at the, the casino tag team battle royal from a few months ago, you would see you could get 15 tag teams out of just one match, and it was it was a thing of beauty to watch, just seeing the, the diversity and the amount of talent that that show has to offer. Even going as far back as, you know, the first uh, tag team championship tournament, you know, you could see all the teams that were on offer. You know, you had Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers, Private Party. even at one point. I think, you know, those guys have been heavily wasted um, in recent months as far as I'm concerned.
1: It's because Matt Hardy's gimmick sucks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but... Well, oh oh it's so bad Mm. but around that time you know we were talking about nxt's tag teams you had like undisputed era aop and you know that's sort of what inspired inspired the the initial dusty cup now i get you know most of those tag teams were sort of just makeshift teams put together for that particular purpose but as the sort of years went by you actually had a lot of legitimate tag teams that could potentially win obviously undisputed era being one of them you had diy you had the forgotten sons you had who i mean anybody remember them (laughs) <laughs> uh, never yeah, mind.
0: All <laughs> the forgotten sons. I keep forgetting other names. <laughs> so
3: only the well, well ja- I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> Jackson Riker's left on Raw now. The other two have just gone.
1: Ah well, he was the problematic one as well.
3: Mm. Yeah, but um, going off topic a bit here. The the tag division never. has taken a bit. On NXT in particular, the tag team division has taken a bit of a dip, but I don't think that's through any fault of their own. I think they've had to sort of reinvent because of the pandemic, etc. But just looking at TakeOver Stand and Deliver, they had an outstanding triple threat tag team match with MSK, Grizzle Jung Vets, and Legado Del Fantasma, arguably match of the night on, I think it was match on night one, I think it was, but either way... It, it goes to show that the tag team division is alive and well, even with, you know, the sort of undercard tag teams such as Drake and Demo uh, and, and Imperium as well. And you see those two are interacted because of uh, Wolf and Demo's links to Sanity. Like, that's going somewhere thats not that doesn't revolve around the titles. And then you've got the old veterans like Champa and Thatcher, you know, that, who are there just to... Um, you know, just to provide a sort of outside factor to it. So, it's not like NXT's in a bit of a dip, but AEW just has more to offer in terms of its
0: tag teams.
2: Yeah,
0: I love it. I do love NXT. This is this is, this is, this is, this is a great idea. Don't tell anybody. Imagine putting Dexter Loomis with a Fiend. How fucking hilarious would that be? <laughs> it's like, how fucked up would oh, that be? Oh, that's that's like the most random tag team I think I've ever seen no they're both mu- nuts they both like their gloves they like abducting people how funny <laughs> would that be I
3: mean uh, do you remember no, when I, Dexter I, Loomis I, I, do you remember when Dexter Loomis was originally meant to be teaming with Velveteen Dream yeah me neither
1: <laughs> I reckon. They,
2: they, you may trap someone yourself and imagine that I mean they both have uh, they both take the weird stuff to different levels I mean Strat mentioned Diggs and Lewis. That is creepy as end at times, but you kinda like, yeah, I'll 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 take it, you know. Uh AEW had the uh, Brandy Rhodes' is creepy stable. The oh. Nightmare Collective, oh. Jesus wept. That's
1: that, uh, had, that had potential, alright. No, I didn't, it, did. just, Not Sarah, it
3: didn't
2: Sarah, <laughs> Sarah. I know you're a fan the the part, of the Come so on, nightmare, the Nightmare. I'm a
3: collective fan of crazy was, stuff. The Nightmare Collective was dead on arrival. It was I awful.
2: Mean, I, I use the Nightmare Collective now because at the time I was like, right, the things I really hate, despise about this company are them and the Dark Order. But the Dark Order are amazing now because they're, they're, they're funny, they're comic.
1: Uh, I, I was like, I was part, part of the Dark Uno. Order before it was even cool, so then you start, Steven. I, I, I
2: guess uh, you've seen
0: me watching when the footy debut first started. I did not like Evo and I thought Stu Basin was like an anorexic <laughs> god of war.
1: You <laughs> uh, know, <have> <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
0: Look at Stu he looks like an NXT God of the War, and I was like, Evo Uno, you know, he's lost a shit tonne of weight, the guy now. And he, oh, oh, I yeah. watched them on interviews, and the two of them are fucking hilarious. <laughs> the one that was... I was ring, He says, oh, uh, who, who do you look like? And Stu Gresson's like that. Ryan Reynolds, um, Hugh Jackman, anybody with good hair I kind of look like. And Evo Uno, you know, they're like, oh, who do you look like? He says, under the mask, I look like Ryan Gosling for Drive.
1: <laughs> just shit like that <laughs> Evil Uno exactly can do no funny. wrong He can uh, do no wrong
2: uh, he, he, At least he's not hanging about with the Creepers anymore The Creepers were just
0: That made a bad. human Yeah, <laughs> yeah That that, <laughs>
2: that was weird
0: That never went
2: well I'm trying to think of a similarly bad thing In NXT Because they ones are kind of just guff Like
0: teams uh, or like t- Shit gimmicks Shit gimmicks.
3: <sighs> See, I don't think... Oh, it's been a while since, but I can't really recall any really bad NXT gimmicks because they haven't had any awful ones. Not like, not that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah, I've got one, and you are going to hate me for this. Camden Grimes. What? Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> hear me with <hear> it. Why? <laughs>
1: Wait, Why does he look like a homeless person courage.
0: being rich? Why does he look like <laughs> a rich
1: homeless person? Oh, His current gimmick I can't stand, but with all fairness... His gimmick before he became the million oh. dollar or the thousand dollar man was basically oh. the same gimmick he had in TNA, and I was just like, you know what, it's the exact same. I love you. No, oh,
0: but it's like you see him, you go, "Are ah, you can afford the Lamborghini because you've not had a shower in like ten years? <laughs> That's how you can afford your Lamborghini. You don't pay your water bill." I mean, how, is that how he's rich? He didn't buy soap. No, he invested mean- in Bitcoin. Apparently, COVID scared of catching him.
2: <laughs> I mean, AEW's got loads of. I think like, AEW's got so many really good ones that you kind of forget the bad ones at times. I mean, mm. as I say.
1: A, l- uh, a lot of AEW gimmicks are like so out there that you're just like, I kind of have to love it. Like, there is just like, some uh, that are just like, what?
3: Yeah, there's uh, Chris Statlander is a, a good exception. I mean, and then Alien from the Andromeda Galaxy. Don't
1: you dare, Steven. I know exactly what you're going to say because you bashed her before she went off an injury. So. Danny, you start. Leave my alien alone.
0: No, Danny, you're in his jokes? no. No.
1: follow it up. We'll see like the fact that she's now joined up with best friends because obviously she is friends with Orange Cassidy and their matches before AEW even existed was the best ever. But see their current new t-shirt, I've got it on the way. It is like ET. So we've got the best friend at the back of the bike, Orange Cassidy in the middle and Chris Statlander has got a little blanket in the basket.
3: I've seen that actually. Yeah. Oh, can I just say as well? Uh, this week, Happy Birthday, Orange Cassidy. He's That's a
1: gimmick. He's thirty-seven. That's a gimmick,
2: that's a gimmick. It shouldn't work. He's forty-seven. Thirty-seven. If we <laughs> said 47 there, like, "What, what? the? Wow. Holy fuck!" Is <laughs> that how he's no age? Does he move? You mentioned uh, You mentioned Matt Hardy's gimmick. I mean, uh, Matt Hardy needs to retire. Sadly, for him, he's been Aye. he's been great in his day, but he's just.
1: His There's current gimmick could have eye. been really good.
2: It's kicking a dead horse at this
3: stage.
1: It was, it was, it was good when he first started out with Private Part, and they had like the whole thing with Hangman. Like it had a purpose. But then when he had Butcher and Blade randomly join him because Eddie Kingston decided that he was going to be pals with John Moxley again, like that made no sense. And the fact that Ali is all of a sudden wrestling again after taking at least a year to two years off.
2: Yeah, yeah, Butcher and Blade. Poor guys, we talked about tag teams. We forgot, did we even mention Butcher and Blood?
1: No, but oh, they could be so good, they could be so good. there, they you know, definitely. Good. Came in
2: amazingly hot, and I'm like, uh,
0: they came in and wrecked Cody. And I'm uh, like, these guys have got to do well. And then, kind of saying his age too, they just kind of done and done. And you're like, then they came out with the white pirate gear, whatever the fuck that was. You look like painter and decorators. Why? Fuck <laughs> knows but who. But see the thing with the EWC we talking about bad gimmicks. See they came out with a bad gimmick they just drop it. Let you know what is out. a bad gimmick? Aye but they came, Brandy came out with the nightmare collective was trying to be cheeky on commentary came across an arsehole and they just dropped the gimmick. Unlike WWE who fucking like Lashley and Lana
3: Oh God.
0: It, gone where with it and they <laughs> let let like this die. Just call it a day. Like put it on. Because every time we, every time they two done a promo, somebody put a Braziers or a fucking Pornhub logo at the bottom. <laughs> every single <laughs> promo. I'm like, this. Is what people are doing with this. I'm just leave it, let it go. I'm like, please don't let her be in the hot business. Because imagine her and Cedric Alexander and John Benjamin. It'll just be straight on Pornhub. <laughs> I leave.
1: Oh. Well, it's a it's a good thing that those two broke up as well, so th- th- it doesn't have to happen. You're okay, Strack. No. Okay.
0: WWE, lad, you're going to like this. It's like we don't like it. Well,
1: like WWE it. did say they wanted to be like a little bit more risque and raunchier.
0: Oh. <laughs> I grew up in Acrena. You're no going to get riskier and raunchier than Val Venus having his dick cut off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people wrecking Vince's ass, or Rikishi shove his ass in your face, or Eddie Guerrero beating up China, or. The fuck else happened?
3: I took a lot of impact damage. <laughs> the the try, Undertaker trying to embalm Stone Cold or
2: something? Ah, yes, he did that. Stable, I didn't
0: know that. St- stable came out of a bikini, which was two handprints on a tits.
2: <laughs> Beat that. Go for it. I mean, you can't. You're not going to get. You know, anybody, young. Uh, nobody's going to be seeing uh, that.
0: A uh, young and fresh you, you. hand. Uh, fucking a dead body.
2: <laughs> I, I can you. Anyway, can we, <laughs> back, 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 to topic, back to the topic at hand. When we're talking. <laughs> when we're talking really bad gimmicks. I mean, if we talk about really bad gimmicks, uh, Sting goes to AEW because he's not getting treated right. But yet he goes to he goes there and does the same thing every <laughs> single week.
1: Uh, hmm. He gets interviewed by Tony Schiavone every single week. It's just because it's like they've missed so much time together. It only has to be funny. Aye.
2: I've been only seen in a year and a half because of this pandemic. You won't let me go, on, I want every single thing with this, you know.
1: Well, with all fairness, <laughs> you and Dave somehow got an invite to, like, well, no, Grant and Dave got an invite to yours and none of the rest of us did. And I always stay up the road. You
0: can come anytime. <laughs> uh, guess who's going to wake up with me in your room at 3 o'clock in the morning?
2: I mean,
3: no. You said any time. Okay.
0: You said
1: any time.
3: He did, he did actually, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um,
1: Yeah Stephen, please take control of us again because we are lunatics. Pay per views. Sorry <laughs> <talking> about
2: pay-per-views. <laughs> <laughs> no me begging you this won't be on pay-per-view. Do anyone please? face uh, Sarah, please uh, they don't have uh, both these com- both these brands don't have a lot of pay per views. Oh, it's is,
1: so is that a good, is
2: that a, is that a good thing?
1: it's so refreshing like yeah i know that wwe have their big four and everything but then they've got like a pay-per-view at the end uh, either to the end or middle of every month whereas a pay-per-view now for nxt even though it did used to be a guaranteed takeover before each big show we don't actually know when we're guaranteed to get one now because we got one on valentine's day we got one just like the tuesday it was the right, Tuesday before Mania. We got one, wasn't it?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, choosing so, uh, the Wednesday. Like a
1: midweek, like a midweek, like a midweek two-day pay per view. Which see that that's really refreshing. AEW doing four, like literally about four big shows, maybe five a year. Where it's all nicely spaced out, and you've got like room on the car to build up. And then they have like special shows, like Blood and Guts is finally happening, and like I'm I'm more glad that it's happening with two stables that are actually half decent, instead of trying to pit the, the Nightmare Family, whatever the fuck that is now, against the Inner Circle. Like, if you think of it now, Aww. you're like, I'm glad they waited for it.
2: At least it's not the Nightmare Family versus the Nightmare Factory. Oh, oh my god, no. It's just the no. Factory.
1: Just the Factory.
2: Ah, it's QT um, Marshall, don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> exactly. But it's stuff like that. Like, it makes you want to care because it's like yeah this big pay-per-view yeah it's got like the buy-in show that's free to usually watch i don't know if itv are still doing them doing it for free or anything but then like you can pay so much for it on fight or pay so much via itv box office if they're still doing it playstation or or on playstation it feels more important like you don't see uft doing a big fight every single month of the year. They've got like a big thing that they like to build everything towards. And that's what I like with NXT and AEW is the fact that it doesn't, you don't feel burned out when watching it. It's not difficult to keep up with. Like they'll run, they'll do like a great rundown of like the feuds and how they got there. Like in the, in the packages, like the, the video packages before the pay-per-views for each match. You you feel caught up, you're like, right, I know why this is happening. I'm invested in this story. It's not just oh shit, we don't have a women's match. Fuck, 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 you and you, off you go. Like, what they do? like this is what they're doing like with Britt Baker at the moment is that uh, she's been pushing to be the face of the women's division for over a year now, like since she properly turned heel and brought in her dentist gimmick. That see her her working her way up the rankings like that putting into the story and like the small she doesn't even need to do matches every week i mean this is her first match on dynamite in about four or five weeks so it it, it like it makes you want to actually invest in this woman's storyline because not just because she is part of my draft team that I do honestly believe that she will be the next AEW Women's World Champion because it just needs a bit of a change. But at least there's a storyline that she's working her way up the rankings. She's gonna to prove to everybody to do this, and she's gonna prove everybody wrong. Like they do that in NXTs, like this, like the whole thing with like say Grizzle Jung veterans and Tamascal and Timothy Thatcher having a replay from the Dusty Classic in order to prove their number one contendership to MSK. It's stuff like that, it makes you invested. Whereas when it comes to WWE, pay-per-view every month, they're just like, right, okay, we have four weeks to build this up. Like I said this on Past Central that every single time a backlash, a single pay-per-view after WrestleMania is essentially just a replay of WrestleMania. It's just rematches. Cause it's the same when they they used to go right on tour in the uk right after wrestlemania and it was always called the WrestleMania revenge tour mm. because it's basically just a replay and when they especially because they do pay-per-view like gimmick pay-per-views now that they it, it's extremely forced like you're like right uh-huh. what's going to be the tables match what's going to be the street fight what's going to be like the sat the next thing like the last man standing what's going to be the hell in a cell match like at least with AEW and nxt it could be anything. Like, they don't centre it around a specific gimmick. And that's what's of really refreshing.
2: Other than war games, You know, that's going to be my next yeah, team. Really, Wargames war is... games is the exception. Wargames, yeah. But, uh, but
1: this,
2: You say about Britt Baker, you know. I, I get the Britt Baker thing. What I don't get is she lost the match, but yet Thunder Roses on Dark Elevation. And, Dark Doing absolutely nothing on Dynamite. But, hey-ho. That's an aside. But... Dave, Sarah mentioned the kind of big feel of these type of pay-per-views, you had to lead into them, and I think back in the... well, even going to, before Wrestlemania, the go-home show for these pay-per-views is always should be a massive thing. In the 90s and the 80s, and there would be WCW as well at that time, it was a big thing, and with so much pay-per-views on the main roster, they don't get that as much anymore, but with these two, as Sarah said, you kind of get that. I mean, we talk, was it... I can't mind the pay-per-view, Is it? was it Full Gear the one last year before the pandemic yeah Full Gear and uh, it was the whole build towards the Cody MJF match I think it was on the Go Home show he had that match with Wardlow Mm -hmm. and I said this at the time it's the best pre-pay-per-view stretch to a match that I've seen in God knows how long the Mm -hmm. match sucks I will hope I will say that forever. Cody MGF is an absolute terrible match, and no wonder they cut the feud after that. But to have by having so less pay per views, it makes you, you kind of lead to that stretch and your big final show, which which should be the one to sell the pay per view, sells the pay per view, that's mm-hmm. the job.
3: Yeah. So and that's what NXT and AEW both do so well. Like you know, as Sarah said, their big events, you know, their takeovers and their you know, whether it's Double or Nothing, All Out, Full Gear Revolution, whatever, you know, we can collectively call them. It's, um, they have months and months of time to build, you know, towards these massive events, but what allows them, You know, in hindsight is a bit of breathing room to sort of have a sort of sort of halfway feud to sort of get to that point and build the storyline over time because take next week's NXT for example you've got Raquel Gonzalez in a sort of mini feud with Mercedes Martinez you know a very solid title defense for her first uh, sort of major championship defense but who's to say you know that come the next takeover she might end up facing her pal Dakota Kai in some aspect because you know you can sort of see these interactions between the two of them you think Oh, this has the potential to go somewhere so that so it lingers in the back of your mind but let's drag it out let's tell a story behind it and then when the takeover comes around you know that's it boom it's in the right spot and it doesn't drag and it doesn't burn out and yeah and the the go home show is obviously got to be the the line in the sand or the sort of stamp to say this is where the battle lines are drawn this is the feud that's gonna cause tension and you know, it helps sort of plug any missing gaps for, for pay-per-views, and that's something NXT, I think's pretty good at. You know, if they've got a stat card with sort of three or four high-profile matches, and they need one more just to sort of complete out the card, like, they could do that on the go-home show if they wanted to say, like, and I think the, the most recent example I've got is Kushida and Pete Dunne. They eliminated each other in that Battle Royal for the Gauntlet Eliminator, and then almost immediately they were announced they were going to face each other. I mean, that had no prior feud or build towards it, but it's two international stars that are highly respected the world over and they're going at it in an NXT ring. That sells on its own. So it's obviously trying to find that balance between like, a feud that's built up for quite a while and something you could instantaneously book in an instant and people will be happy to see it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Strack, one thing I think is different between NXT and AEW in terms of these pay-per-views is I feel like with AEW, they build you towards the pay-per-view, as I say, with that kind of stretch. And that's what makes you watch it well as with NXT, though, I kind of feel like because of the past reputations of takeovers, I could not watch an NXT weekly show in about four weeks, four to five weeks, but I'll still tune into the takeover because everything else is good. Do you think that's a valid argument to make in terms of the two? See, I think,
0: right, this is what I think kind of makes it better at being less is mayor. Every week, every month, you know, is guaranteed a pay per view, WWE. And how many times do we do the sweeps and we pretty much guess what's going to happen? Like, Hockney and Scott are mostly almost bang on the money every single time, right? Because, you know, he only won that title a month ago, he's not going to drop it. He only, she only got that title of two weeks ago, she's not going to drop it. Whereas, NXT having a, a fast paced out pay-per-view and AEW having a fast paced out pay-per-view, there's we we me and Sarah and Kwaku we used to talk about them on the shows at the time say who do you think's going to walk out with the before the North American title became became a thing the NXT the tag titles and you're like ah uh, he he could take it he because he said it for four months now he could drop this or he could hoard it and have it for another four months you don't know same way AEW obviously the new Kenny Omega's dropping dick.
1: <laughs> he's just
0: going to be collecting stuff now I think he's going to go to like fucking top man and just start beating people up for their belts but there's <laughs> a possibility when you go he could trap this because he's had it for so long WWE now don't back when I say I say it was the perfect age yet 1999 I think it was was it 11 times the WWE title changed Hans? Mm I think that's about right yeah Aye. In like two thousand or two thousand and one. Aye, two thousand. I think it was two thousand. It changed like nine or eleven times. It was mm. like when a raw, then it a pay per view, and and it happened so much, and you're like, ah, that could, it could happen then, but no, WWE like that would be like, it's not gonna happen. It's not the biggest shock we've had since this podcast. I think was probably AJ winning after agenda in Manchester. Nobody yeah, fucking I seen that coming, but. That's what a massive shock is, but yeah, WPV She goes, he's not gonna drop but he ain't gonna drop but he's not gonna, nah, he'll still keep that. But yeah, when you watch AEW or NXT, somebody wins the like Don't just put it there dropping the tag titles to the War Raiders, you're like, whoa, the fuck just happened there? And then you've got like, the North American title changing, which was really good. You had, you've got a TNT title, which the new, I think they need to take off of Darby Allen, and they need to start kind of passing that about wouldn't they mind Scorpio Sky, wouldn't they really mind Miro, Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, there's a list of guys I'm not, I wouldn't actually be raging. I actually wanted John Silva to take it for a while. I Hell I yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine, yes, imagine John Silva coming out with the BN Elite title and the TNT title, that'd be piss funny, but um, <laughs> I think when that's what helps it back. being Spaced Apart, is it does give you a chance that anything could happen, he could draft this or he, 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 they could become the new champion. And at Gies, I think the guy's and all on the shows, watching, week in, week out. He'd work well with him. Because as Sarah says, you've only got four weeks to build a feud. You start seeing the guys working together for two weeks, they are like that. Shit. they don't del- they del- they del- work together. But we're too late, we can't call it. So we we'll yeah. just need to put them on the show. The match is going to be shit. But there's nothing we can do about it. We will just need to wait till after the show. Whereas, if you've got three months between a pay-per-view you can put two guys together and go oh they're not working they're not working pull them apart we'll try something else and then come to the pay-per-view you've like, got that oh he works really well with him I don't think he'd work well with him perfect example EC3 and Velveteen Dream two of them are great on the mic their match was utterly pish mm-hmm. but yet Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream was fucking tremendous so it, it does give Booker's Chances to see oh, he'd work well with him. I, well, as you said, with Cody and MJF, their styles are too similar. Mm-hmm. That's why it didn't work. But if you had Cody against Kenny, that would I think I'd be, be class. I don't think Cody against Nick Aldis would work. I'm going to say that to knew because people are, like, oh, and they say they did have a good match, but I I don't see how it would be a good match because they're too similar. But that gives the guys the chance to go. Right, uh, fuck it, that ain't working. Pick somebody else. Last thing well. Go with that.
2: Right. Now, this is an AEW versus NXT show, after all. So, to round off the show, I'm going to end up with a surprise bit of fun element for you guys. I'm going to okay. go round you all a few times. I'm going to give you an AEW wrestler and an NXT wrestler. And I want you to tell me, just quickly, no thoughts, no big thoughts, Which one of the two is going to be a bigger star in five years' time?
3: Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like like this.
2: I'm good at this. Dave, I'm actually going to start with you. Okay. Nyla Rose or Shotzi Blackheart? Shotzi Blackheart. Nice be easy one for you there, Dave. Yeah, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, Ethan Page or Isaiah Swerve Scott?
1: Off the top of my head, I would probably... Nah, you know what? Ethan Page... Ethan Page, absolutely.
2: Interesting. Okay. Strack. Best friends or the Grizzled Young Veterans? Best friends. <laughs> Ooh. Interesting. Dave. Because,
0: I, I, just, I know it's no long points, but I don't think <laughs> the Grizzled Young Veterans would be on the main roster. I don't think they would, so I think best friends have got a better chance. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's interesting. That's definitely one I'd put in there. Uh, Dave. Oh, I'm trying to think of a really hard one for you. He <laughs> yeah, got
1: concerned? an easy one last time.
2: Alright, Dave. I've got David, one. Even hurry up! Tay Conte or Dakota Kai? Tay Conte. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah? MGF or Adam Cole? Baby. MGF. What?
1: Easy. Easy. Ah, yeah, in five years ah. time, MGF.
3: Well, he's got you, that's because he's got youth on his side, that's why.
1: Exactly. If he's that good already, how, imagine how good he's going to be in five years.
0: Uh, and he's got Jericho as a teacher.
1: Exactly.
2: Look at Sammy uh, Guevara.
1: And Tully Blanchard.
2: Okay, Strack. Carrying Cross or Wardlow? I don't see that appealing
0: carrying cross. I see Wardlow. I see him snapping and leather the eleven of AMGF.
1: And, and <laughs> Wardlow in. is a future, he is a future champion. With all fairness,
0: we do beef we do up Wardlow on this show a fair bit.
1: Oh yeah, we we stan him.
0: I don't know future champion, but I I think he, he's definitely got the potential to be
2: a. a... Oh, is a good one. Oh, a fun.
1: keep going, keep going, keep oh, going. No,
2: back to, it's back to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Cage or Bronson Reed? Easy.
3: Bronson
2: Bronson, Reed.
1: Bronson. (sighs) Brian Cage, how they talk for shit?
2: Oh,
3: honestly, that was a... That was
2: a tough one. Oh, I've got got a tough one for Sarah. Oh. Brett Baker or Io Shirai? Oh. Oh. Oh, 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 Oh. I mean...
1: (sighs) See what you mean Bigger star Because EO is already A really big star And Brit has a lot of potential
2: Who's going to be bigger Who's going to be bigger than five years
1: I would hope to say Brit Viper, But probably EO Shirai I would like to say Brit Like If she keeps going The way she's going She will be a megastar She's definitely come on Since You know Her initial debut Right okay That's an interesting one We should have just Uh... done this For the entire podcast I know I'm
2: not gonna lie, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought about it ten minutes I thought about it ten minutes ago. I was gonna
0: see how long it Okay strack. I'm I'm okay one well, of my heat, I'm dreading you don't ask me this.
1: <laughs> don't tell him, don't tell, don't tell.
0: Okay. Figure it out. I know you'll figure it out.
2: Raquel Gonzalez or Kara Shida. Shida. Hmm.
1: hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay. Dave. hmm Pete Dunn or Orange Cassidy? Oh Pete, Pete Dunn.
1: Um, really? Alright. Yeah.
2: Yes. Larger because has
1: because... got age on the side, but oh my god. Orange oh, is geez. just inevitable. Sorry, I like this game.
2: Okay, Sarah. Ricky Starks <laughs> or Santos Escobar.
1: Oh Ricky Starks. Oh. Easy. <laughs> Easy. I love Ricky Starks. Absolutely love him. That's nothing to say about like Santos Escobar, but considering that pretty much what he's done doing right now in NXT is basically the same what he did in Impact when he was teaming with who is now wacky and Wild. Interesting. Exactly.
2: Okay, uh, Strick. Uh, I will give you Miro and Walter.
0: Miro. Can you say that? Walter doesn't like being dealt with today. Example Survivor Series. You gotta tell don't chop the fuck out of Seth Rollins. He went put me in the first.
2: Miro. Uh shame. I'm trying to think of a tough one for Dave here. Okay, this could go either way, because you could take this either way, right? LA Knight or Eddie Kingston.
3: <laughs> oh jeez. Um Eddie Kingston.
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay, Sarah. Dexter Loomis or Sean Spears? <sighs>
1: Dexter Lewis because Sean Spears, unfortunately, has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Poor him.
2: Poor him. There'll
1: oh, be a Hobbs. better one next time.
0: Well, I've got one for you while you're looking for me. Yeah. Go for it. Austin Theory. Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, if it I this, think so. If Ooh, it takes a weird grin off his face.
3: Yeah. Tell you what, Stevie, I've got one for you. What? Kushida or Luchasaurus? Cushida. Easy.
1: I feel <laughs> like I, I need to see one now. Oh, right, okay. I've got one. MSK or Jungle Express? Jurassic Express, sorry. Not Jungle Express. Oh,
2: that's Express. a tough one i go with MSK, exactly. <laughs> 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 just. Exactly. Just. Alright, Strack, I've got one for you. Anna J or Tegan Knox. Anna J, because Tegan Knox's knees are falling apart. Mm. Oh, she might be back.
0: back? <laughs> Anna no, has
1: got the most potential. She's in Dark Order as well. Uh, Brody, Brody Lee but... saw something in her.
0: Deegan Knox has had what three knee surgeries? Two.
2: Mm, no. Knox. Right. I will go round. Use one more time. Mm-hmm. Starting with Dave, Tony Storm, or Jade Cargill. Tony Storm. Oh, that's bold. <laughs> I- I'm just going instinct. I'm just going instinctively here. That's all. Do you know who Jake Caldwell is? I know who she is, yeah. <laughs> okay, Sarah.
1: it. the hardest of hardest.
2: This may be easy for you, it may be hard for you, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> okay. Kyle O'Reilly or Darby Allen?
1: Darby Allen.
2: I thought that was going to be easier. or hard. I thought it was going to be one of the
1: two. It would have been, like, yeah, no, unfortunately, Kyle O'Reilly, just as much as I love him, his singles thing he, he needs Bobby back he needs to be in the team it's, it's, it's just it's not for me whereas
0: yeah,
3: Darby doesn't
1: whereas Darby doesn't speak that much but he's you know a bit crazy in the ring like his match with Cody chef kisses
3: Kyle needs to go fishing
1: he needs to get his Bobby fish back
2: he needs to get his Bobby back okay Bobby. to end it I'm just gonna throw you a left winger that's got nothing to do with NXT oh. If you, who's gonna be a bigger star in five, in five years time QT Marshall, Anthony Agogo, the the big guy with the beard or Arn Solo. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck they name that.
1: Uh, Anthony Agogo's <laughs> gonna be the biggest star. Oh. They are the factory.
0: Who's got big guy with oh, the beard? Oh, is this Bailey's ex man QT Marshall, yes. the other guy. Aye. Drew the Brad Harder one. What? Johnny Gargano or Pentagon.
1: Oh. That's what I was shaking myself.
0: You'd ask me because I've no answer for that. Well, can you give us an answer? <laughs> I can't. I, I, on it,
2: I, I, I can't pick between you two because I'm two of them. I mean,
1: you can ask Johnny Gargano or Hangman Adam Page. Hangman. Ooh, definitely hangman. hangman for me.
2: There was some that I thought, yeah, it's easy. I tried to find left wing once and then I couldn't find. <laughs>
1: well, that's when you ask, like, Dakota Kai or Red Velvet. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! Ah, yeah. ah, I won!
2: Dakota uh, Kai?
1: <sighs> Wait, what? I don't know. Oh, sorry, what? I didn't quite Indie hear ha- you.
2: Andy Hartwell or Chris Statlander?
1: Chris Statlander.
2: Hi, oh, Statlander. One last. I watch One last one. Yeah, this is fun. This is for all of us. One last one for the one. One last one. Dave,
3: Cody, or Finn Balor. Cody. Uh, oh, I feel bad for saying that now.
1: <laughs> you feel dirty, now, don't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: no! I have to go have a shower in my bed. They're gonna, uh, is gonna have to like go for like a bleach shower. And be like I feel, don't take it uh, I betrayed,
2: I betrayed the prince. Sarah, yeah. Leon Ruff or Marco Stunt?
1: Marco Stunt, <laughs> definitely. Oh my Marco god, Marco is amazing. He is. If we put them up, together, and they make a, a
0: what, normal-sized human being. <laughs>
1: he's got little done syndrome. He is amazing. Like any single time, someone tries to pick a fight, he's right on and going. Let me at them, Let me at him. You can't even fault the boy.
2: Finally, for strike, Michael Nakazawa or Kona Reeves?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. one's in on. Michael Nakazawa or who's the other one?
0: Kona Reeves. <laughs>
1: That's not fair. Oh, is that the blonde boy? Yeah, the <laughs>
0: Hawaiian fella. Uh, I'd probably say corner East boy.
1: Michael <laughs> D'Agazzo for the win! You should have said Brandon Cutler, Brandon Cutler can be a star, he actually could if he really wanted to be. Oh
2: jeez. <laughs> <Not> <good. laughs>
1: I've been watching the play Among Us way too much.
0: See when you ask the baller, one, i
1: You know who is actually a star? Let me just say this, Alex Aberhentis, right? The guy oh, that's trying okay. to Penta. Aye, the guy who translates for Penta, he's a star. He is a uh, star.
2: Anyway, I thought that was a nice, fun way to round off this AEW versus NXT show. Uh, plenty of good discussion, plenty of random discussion, and some quick fire to end the show. What else can you ask for <laughs> on a podcast? You know, but.
0: Thank God, we've conversation, we've discussion, then rapid fire.
1: i mean we should just find out like how many people actually agree with us
2: yes if you agree or disagree with any of these opinions stated in the quickfire or just in the podcast in general please don't tell me
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no come on i want controversy dude
2: do get in touch with us on our social medias with any feedback on the show is good bad And different, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. We've got so much great content. You know, we've got this feature show on a Tuesday Central, on a Thursday, Saturday Draft Live, on a Saturday. You know, or if it wasn't, then it would just not be called Saturday Draft Live. Uh, And loads of stuff as well on the YouTube channel all the time. Uh, Next week here on the feature show, we've actually got a show where we'll be going through the history of the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Yes! Which Woo. should be pretty fun. I need to brush up on my history for that particular show.
1: I get to talk uh, about Roman. Jesus,
2: Jesus, God. Uh, <laughs> lots of I'll great shows.
1: Darryl. I'll bring Daryl.
2: We have lots of great shows coming up over the next couple of months. We've got an AJ Styles show. We've got the best, worst TNA champions. We've got a show on Mick Foley. Uh, and to make Sarah happy, we have a show coming up in a couple of months on Christian. So, <laughs> so I much. Know
1: the recognition right He deserves.
2: So much stuff coming up over the next couple of months, so please hit the big subscribe button uh, to get all that content directly. Anytime it drops for myself, Stephen Wilson, I'd like to thank my panel who have been very, very good fun on this particular <laughs> evening today. Uh, to Dave, thank you very much. Thanking you uh, to Sarah, thank you.
1: <laughs> it's been very fun.
2: And to Strack, thank you.
1: Are You in a suit jacket?
2: Me? <laughs> oh, well, could- no, I'm No, I'm not. I'm wearing wear, wear a hoodie with no hood. Right, I
0: thought you were wearing a suit jacket. I was going to drag you, to slap you. <laughs> you are, I thought and slap you.
2: I've not worn trousers in a year and a half. Too much information.
0: Aye, you remember you left like, Drifting Geek at school? You fucking remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm, wore, I'm wearing jeans. I've just not worn trousers. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh. It anyway, anyway. anyway.
1: We'll
2: see you next time. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're gonna have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert